now. Hello and welcome to the February show. I know we've just had Valentine's, so it's a really opportune time to talk about relationships. We have many relationships during our lifetime. However, the most important relationship we'll ever have is the one we have with ourselves. Why? Because it's the one that defines all our other relationships. So Barbara and I are talking today about how the relationship we have with ourselves affects every relationship. So that's the relationship we have with um, family, friends, professionally and in business. And Wayne Dwyer has a lovely quote that kind of sums this up and will kick off the show. How people treat you is their karma. How you, you react is yours. So Barbara, hello. Hello Dawn and good to be back here today. Talking oh, to you a lovely sunny day. Absolutely, isn't it beautiful? It is, it's perfect. And talking about um, relationships. Yes. Yeah, very interesting subject and um, uh, one that I think has a lot of wonderful connotations like gratitude and respect and love and compassion. So we're going to be talking about all of those things and some exercises that will help you improve your relationship with yourself and the relationship you have with others. So what's first, Barbara? Well, you know, it was really interesting. We always do this wheel yes. based on the wheel of life. And I was looking at what we discussed about relationships before and a little bit of the prep work that we did for this show. Mm. And, you know, our wheel has got a really interesting focus. And it's obviously focusing on self because at the end of the day, we are, as you said before, the most important relationship we have is the one we have with ourselves. Yeah. Family, friends, colleagues, romance and decluttering. Mm. and dawn you are the queen of decluttering let's be fair on this one yeah um but you know it's interesting because decluttering isn't just decluttering things yeah it's actually quite important to declutter relationships yeah and there's this other quote that um comes to mind i i, I can't know i can't tell you if i remember the quote intact and, mm. and as it was said but it's something like some friends come and go like seasons do. Mm. Others come and they go for specific reasons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so true because when we have a, a good relationship with ourselves, mm. we recognize that these relationships come in and they go. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, I think you're right when you say that the most important relationship we'll ever have is the one we have with ourselves. Mm, yeah. And just to uh, go back to the decluttering, I mean, people would probably think that's a little bit odd, um, but we do have relationships with things. We get very attached to our things. We love certain things. Yep. Um, so we do have a relationship with things just like we have relationships with food. So it's a really big subject. Um, and uh, we're going to discuss all of those today and give you some tips as to how you can improve your relationships with others but starting with the relationship you have with yourself and I know you've um, found a, a um, or devised a, a really good uh, tool the weekly me meeting um, which is regardless of how busy your life is 
um, each week, you know, you, you're going to inevitably experience various communication issues such as unfinished um, arguments or unmet expectations and, and things that you haven't felt that you were heard um, that you wanted to, to express. But, you know, for instance, I know when I'm coaching um, people who have this issue around low self-esteem and not being heard, it's quite often because they're in a big, noisy family and they have to shout to be heard and, and they have issues about being heard in the rest of their life. Um, so you recommend having a weekly meeting with yourself, don't you? I do, you know, because I think one of the things that we forget, you know, we, when, we, when you hear the word relationships, you're thinking about your partner, your significant other, your husband, your wife, whatever we're going to call them. Yeah. You're thinking about those people you report to at work, your boss. Yeah. Um, or if you're the boss, your staff, you know, and how you communicate with them. And, it, you know, if you're a manager or a leader, how do you communicate with these people? So you're yeah. always thinking about physical relationships. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. You know, we have relationships with food. We have relationships with things. We have relationships with our animals. Yeah. We have relationships with the environment around us. But at the bottom and at the core of all of these relationships is the one we have with ourselves. Mm. And, you know, people think about the relationship with boss. They think about the relationship with their partner. They think about the relationship with their children. Yeah. But when do they think about the relationship with themselves? Yeah. And, you know, as a coach, I often say to, to my clients, you know, and I ask them the question, when are you going to talk to you? Mm. And, and they, there's often a sort of stunned silence mm -hmm. because they don't think about talk to me. Yes. And I know, you know, we've talked about self-talk in some of our previous shows, but mm. it, this is different to self-talk. This is actually sitting down and having a conversation with yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, my partner laughs at me because if I'm in the middle of something that's a little complicated mm. and I'm typing away at my PC, I'll actually be talking to myself. Mm. Yeah. And you know, Ogni comes in and he says, Who are you talking to? And it's like me. Yeah. And he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand it. But I do have those conversations with me. Yeah. And I think it's great. And I think one of the things that everybody would benefit from is literally to spend a minimum and I do say minimum because initially it's probably going to be longer. Yeah. But a minimum of 30 minutes every week. Right. And I've seen it described in a variety of different ways. But you need to make that time non-negotiable, uh -huh. non-distractions, so all distractions out. No phones, no computers, no children, no boss, no partner. Okay. This is your time. Yeah. To some extent... It's like writing in your journal. You know, you have to be able to spend this time with you. Yeah. And there's a number of um, questions that you can ask yourself. And I mean, one that, that I love, which is a, a question I found on the internet not so very long ago. Um, and it was one about um, arguments. Mm. Now, Intentionally or unintentionally, we all have arguments. Mm. And it doesn't matter who the relationship's with, you're going to have, you know, at some point there's going to be a point of disagreement, whether yeah. you want to call it an argument or not. Mm. And one of the really great questions to ask yourself in this me meeting is, is there any argument that I had this past week 
that mm-hmm. I feel incomplete about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ask yourself questions like, who was, the, who was the argument with? What was the argument about? What was the reason I was arguing? Mm. And what do I need to do now to complete that argument? Mm. We'll talk about energy in a show later in this year. But, you know, holding this negative and holding these feelings in you mm. holds you back. Yeah. And it stops you building relationships. It stops you doing things you want to do. Mm-hmm. So this is a time, and we will put this exercise up on the website like we always do. Um, so I'll put these questions up, obviously, that you can ask yourself. But, you know, think about your week and think about what went right, what went wrong. What would you like to have done differently? And actually one of the really important things to do is what did you not complete? Mm. Because I know I'm a classic at this. I fill my diary with activities of things I have to do and I always get to the end of the week and it hasn't all been done. Mm. it's so easy to do you know i i underestimate frequently the time something will take to complete it yeah um i'm looking at at designing and and building a process on a website at the moment and when i start to look at the detail behind the process i know this can take me another month yeah um but i thought that i'd complete it by the end of january and that's you know not happened it's it's coming towards the end of february and i'm just about to complete it yeah. Um, and we all do it. Yeah. But how often do you recognise that you haven't completed it? And I suppose what you're talking about is, uh, if we link it to the relationships, is you know, if we meant to say thank you, uh, if we meant to send a thank you letter, if we meant to mm-hmm. tell people that we love and appreciate them, why do we put that off? Why do we not do it? What What are we waiting for? Yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, if we if we go right to the very end of our life when we're lying on our deathbed, of all the things we wish we had said, yeah, uh, that is the all classic. Having this weekly exercise that you talk about kind of stops that happening, so it minimises the need for regrets um, and things that are unsaid. Because let's face it, you know, some of the things we want to say are to do with our own boundaries. It's not always about. Uh, compliments and praising people and what have you but it's also about making sure that we're underhood understood our boundaries have been acknowledged etc so having that weekly meeting would stop you holding on to negativity and this negative energy as you say until it builds into a volcanic volcanic proportion and it erupts into a row it, yep. it's Exactly. That's got to be one of the key benefits, hasn't it, Barbara, to stop that sort of thing happening, surely? Well, it does. It stops you holding things. So it stops you, you know, and, and actually one of the things you've picked up, Dawn, is it also stops you holding the positive. Mm. Because one of the things we're not good at is recognising the good. You know, I, I um, was doing a press release for somebody the other day, mm. and I went back to them and said, you don't even talk about the awards you've won ah yeah Uh, why because this is a press release about you but you haven't said i did good it's a very british thing isn't it (laughs) well i'm not sure it's just british but but you know it is it's something that that um 
we aren't that good at recognizing no, people have trouble blowing their own trumpet so i think this this you know when you're having this me time when you're having this meeting with me as mm. i like to call it because it is mm. a meeting with me mm. look at what went well mm. look at what you've achieved recognize it and you know i always say to my clients how are you going to celebrate that good mm. and that celebration doesn't have to go and be expensive Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, you know, a huge expensive dinner somewhere. It doesn't have to be a holiday. It could be something very little that you want to buy. Mm-hmm. It could be something very little that you want to do. I mean, I can remember living in Madeira. My celebrations, instead of walking along the beach that was in front of my apartment, I used to take myself to the most spectacular beach. And it used to take me, you know, an hour to get there and I'd be on the beach for a couple of hours. So it was a morning or it was an afternoon. Mm-hmm. And that was my time. And that was my thank you or congratulations to myself. Mm-hmm. We well, that's it. It doesn't have to be a, phys- uh, a physical thing to buy because that's just yeah. buying more stuff um, and creating more relationships. And mm. as we know with stuff, the relationship is it, it starts to become stressful because we have to look after these things. We have to ensure them. We become yeah. attached to them and so on. But as you say, just doing something like giving yourself another bit of me time to sit on the beach, paint, to do photography or whatever. Or just to meditate. Or just to meditate. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit like lessons learned, isn't it, from what you're saying? You know, what went went well this week and what what could you do better next time? Well, I think it's it's also, you also, when you're having this meeting with me, is you have to recognise maybe the things that you did that you didn't like. Yeah. You know, I know, and I've done this in the past, and I, I'm getting better at it because I still have people who can, in inverted commas, press the button. Mm. Um, but, you know, when somebody does press that button and you react, mm. um, what is it you didn't like about the way you reacted or what you said or what you did? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember somebody years ago saying to me, there's a major issue with email. Because you can write what you're feeling and you can press the send button and it's done. Yes. And it's those sort of things that you think, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. How can I take it back? In this meeting with me, you can actually look at what do I do that I would rather have done differently, that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, and understand what pressed the button. Mm. You know, you said the Wayne Dyer comment, you know, the, the quote that he had. How yeah. people treat you is, is their karma, but how you react is yours. Yes. This is your opportunity to recognize when you don't react positively. Um, now, the challenge with some of the reactions is that sometimes you're protecting yourself. Sure. You know, people will say, no, you can do this. No, you can do this. No, you can do this. And you know you can't. Mm. So sometimes you do go bang because you're not being listened to yeah um and you want somebody to say okay sorry you can't do it or okay you can't do it next week when can you do it instead of pushing and pushing and pushing and sometimes when you go bang you have to ask yourself is there a different way i could have done that mm-hmm. you know and this meeting with me is the time for you to do that full reflection yeah it's about self-awareness isn't it identifying who pushes your buttons what are your trigger points how can you react to them differently next time if you want to yeah 
Because maybe you don't. I mean, Tony Robbins uh, has said for a, a long, long time, the quality of your life depends on the quality of your communication. Yeah. So, you know, communicating with yourself, the self-talk is one thing, but communicating with others is obviously going to have a massive impact on how you feel about your your relationships in general. So, um, yeah, but, um, I think most people want to improve them. I mean, I, I went through an interesting period um, recently, and I'm a positive person. You know, I, I've got a lot of my friends have always said to me, Barbara, you always see the good in everybody. You always see the good in everything. Mm. And we've not had great weather for, for probably three or four weeks. It's been grey, miserable, overcast, and what I call absolutely no light type times. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's, you don't even see light, you know. And, and, of course, we live in these beautiful old French farmhouses that don't have big windows, so you don't have huge amounts of light coming in. And I found myself feeling very down, feeling very low, feeling very depressed. And I didn't know why, and I didn't know how to get out of it. Mm. Um, because you don't always have people around you that you can actually just go and see or talk to. And it was quite interesting because friends of ours who live in the UK were down. And we went out to lunch with them. And the restaurant we go to, fabulous restaurant, um, is all, the two walls of this restaurant are glass. Mm. And as we walked in, the waiter said, you could sit at that table or sit at that table. And I, my friend looked at me and I said, let's go and sit by the window. Mm. And you know, it was a beautiful sunny day and we were both sitting there. And we were stripping off layers because the sun on our back was making us feel unbelievably hot, not mm. just warm, but hot. Um, and eventually we all decided oh, we better go because, you know, although it's fantastic sitting here and beautiful sitting here. And I can remember coming home and, and I do this meme eating um, regularly and actually just sitting down and thinking that just blew away how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's, for me, it's obviously the lack of light, mm -hmm. you know, and I know we've talked about daylight bulbs and things like that, but, you know, you have to sometimes actually stop and look at what's happened to you mm. for you to recognize what's happening. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, Dawn, I mean, how can we, how can we have a relationship with ourselves? Mm. How can we recognize it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because everyone would probably say, well, the most important relationship we have um, is the initial relationship we have, with, with, which is with our parents. Um, but it's ourselves, what's going on internally and how we project that, which obviously has an impact. So if you're a particularly prickly person, then, you know, other people are going to react prickly back. And quite often clients will say, you know, things have got better, um, such and such has changed and what have you. And they need to realize that actually it's because they've changed that the person's yeah. perception of them has changed. And so therefore they have changed in return. It's not that other people are changing. It's that they are becoming more self-aware of um, exactly what uh, Wayne said. You know, yeah. how people treat you is their karma, but how you react is yours. So... Um, it's almost like you have to train others 
um, to be the way that you want. So if you want to be uh, perceived as a compassionate person and have compassionate people around you, you have to lead by example and be nice and compassionate. And then people will respond nice and compassionately back. If you're prickly, people will respond back prickly. Mm. So you do need to train people. But the only way you're going to do that is if you're firstly aware of what your own needs and desires are. Uh, because, you know, we all know what goes on around us is basically a, a mirror held up to ourselves. So when we find somebody that we don't like or presses our um, negative buttons, it's quite often something that we don't like about ourselves as well. Mm. And we can work on that if we spend some time with ourselves thinking about what went well this week. What were those unfinished arguments that I'm holding on to, that I'm yeah. repeating the story, that are continually sabotaging that relationship with that person? Because let's face it, the behavior um, is an isolated thing. It doesn't actually say it's that person. So we didn't like what they did. It's not that we don't like the person. We just didn't like what they did. And we don't like the way that we reacted to it. But you know, often... Exception. Uh, yeah, and often we say, um, you know, you say you don't like, it's not that you don't like the person. Yeah. Actually, there are people you like and there are people you don't like. Yeah. Um, and often, you know, I mean, I'm a, I work in the spiritual world and I'm a spiritual coach and mentor and, and I work a lot with law of attraction, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, there are people out there who are like us and we attract them to us. Yeah. And we do like them. But equally so, and I remember somebody saying this in a meeting recently, a business meeting that I was in, you know, we all have colleagues around us and those colleagues are being picked to do a role, to do a job in that organization because they're good at it. Mm. Doesn't mean you have to like them. Mm. You just have to work out how to work with them. Yeah. yeah. And there are people who are not like us, who will be very different, who in inverted commas, we do not like. Mm. And that's not, it's not wrong, mm. but recognize what you don't like in them because it, as Dawn just said, I mean, it may be a mirror of something you don't like in yourself, or it may be a conscious choice that you've made because they clash with something you like about yourself. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm a classic for um, not feeling very comfortable about talking about money. You know, if I've got a bill of client, I'd rather email them than actually say it to them. Mm -hmm. I'd rather tell them by email what the rate is than actually have to tell them because yeah. it's something that's not comfortable in me, mm -hmm. something I don't like. But it doesn't it shows up another relationship, Barbara, your relationship with money. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for me, money's, you know, one of those evil necessities of life. It's not something I... Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but... But it's an interesting one because, you know, those people who have no problem saying, you know, this is a thousand pounds, this is a hundred pounds and talking about money. Does that mean I don't like them or not? Mm. No, it means that I'm aware in me of what I don't like mm. um, to have to present or talk about. But it doesn't mean that I don't like the person. It also doesn't mean I do like the person. You know, it could be yeah. that they have something about them. Yeah. That I, that I don't like. And, and, you know, when you do this, this exercise of, of a reflection on, on your week, 
you know, what I call the me meeting, meeting with me, it's your opportunity to identify all of this. Mm. But the one thing I'm going to say, and I, I say this to all my clients, it's never right and it's never wrong. Mm. This is, as Dawn said, self-awareness. Mm. This is becoming about aware about who you are, the relationship you have with you mm. that impacts that relationship you have with everyone around you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it's very similar to, and we're both big fans of journaling, whether it's gratitude journaling or um, just, just daily journaling, self-development self or just general journaling. But, you know, have some key questions to ask yourself, like, how do, how do I feel today? Um, what is, you know, eating away at me, uh, which is a good one for people who've got negative relationships with foods, you know, mm. what am I not saying when I'm eating this or what, what am I swallowing when I'm eating this, the comfort food and usually they're swallowing anger and, you know, yeah. things like that. Um, so what do I not feel very complete about? Um, but also what is it if I had the chance that I'd like to say, and of course, as we both know, um, Barbara, when we're, we're dealing with clients is we can encourage our clients that they don't actually have to say it out loud. They can say it through other mediums like writing letters and so on. Mm. But how can you make yourself uh, feel more loved and be more lovable? Uh, because when we love, like, accept and respect ourselves, by definition, we're more lovable, liked, and accepted um, by other people. Um, so, uh, you know, you said about people that you don't not necessarily like in meetings for, for whatever reason. Um, it's the same in families. I mean, we hear this all the time, and January is a big uh, time. You know, we've just gone through uh, the, the month of January after Christmas where People have had unrealistic expectations of all being together, family and friends, over a, a festive two-week period. Um, you know, do you have to like uh, the people in your family? Do you have to love them? Is blood thicker than water type of scenario? It can be a really lonely and depressing time after Christmas hasn't met your needs and expectations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, it's it's – it's interesting because, you know, when I work with law of attraction, like attracts like. Mm -hmm. and, and I know with some of my clients, you know, I've said to them, <clears throat> excuse me, um, sit down and write down what you like about that person. Mm. And then write down what you don't like about that person. Mm. Um, when you're trying to attract somebody into you, it's really important that you identify what you want in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And some people are looking for looks and some people are looking for feelings and some people are looking for characteristics. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's all three, write them down. If it's only part of it, write it down. It really, really does not matter. Mm -hmm. um, but it's equally important. You know, I've got some colleagues that I work with that I don't particularly like, but they are brilliant at what they do. Mm -hmm. So you can um, respect them, but you don't have to like them. Exactly. And I've done this exercise. I've actually written down exactly what I like about them and exactly what I don't like about them. Yeah. And then I've taken myself into my meeting with me and I've looked at what I don't like about them. Yeah. And I've, I've done an analysis of it. I've been very um, scientific in my analysis. You know, yeah. what is it I don't like about this thing? Yeah. And 
it's interesting because it built that respect, Dawn. Mm -hmm. Because it made me realize that, you know, they are brilliant at something I'm not good at, mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable with, and I don't like doing. Mm. And, and, but because of the way they do it, I don't like it in them. Mm -hmm. yeah. That doesn't matter. What, it, what it's given me is the opportunity mm -hmm. to actually go, okay, I now know why that person is in my life. Mm -hmm. And actually that's important because remember we said some friends come and go like seasons. Mm. And, you know, some of them are for reasons. And some of them are for reasons. But, and that's talking about friends. But in this case, I'm talking about colleagues. And it's the same applies. Yeah. But it's in that meeting with me when I'm sitting down and I'm analyzing and looking at and reflecting on my week. And, mm. um, you know, I've been in some strange business situations where I've had to do that. I've had to look at why did that happen? What was the reason behind yeah. that happening? And when you start to do this and you really start to get in to who you are, mm. it starts to make you appreciate two things. One, how you handle your relationships with other people. But also it makes you aware of how they handle their relationship with you and themselves. Mm -hmm. Because not everybody does this. Not everybody will sit down and have a meeting with me. Yeah. Um, and not everybody will reflect on, okay, what didn't go quite as well as I wanted to do? And what can I do differently? What should I be doing differently? Why am I talking to that person? You know, all those sort of wonderful questions. Mm. Um, and as coaches, we just come out with questions all the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've, I've got another question that I think is fantastic that I think people should also consider. Take, them, take yourself back into an, a time when you were in a meeting or you are in a conversation and you wanted to say something, but you couldn't say it. Right. It was difficult. You didn't know how to say it or you didn't know how it would be appreciated by that group of people that person you were talking to you were scared you were finding yeah. it really difficult yeah work out why what was the reason behind it yeah. and i can remember years ago sitting in a corporate meeting in my corporate life with a client and there were 15 or 20 people around the table i can't remember this big meeting huge boardroom big conference room, whatever we were in. And there was all this, this noise going on of conversations and we were trying to resolve a problem. Now, it was, it was a software problem. I, my background is IT software project management, so it was to do with a piece of software. And we couldn't get over this problem. And we were all talking about it. And you were talking to the person next to you, you were talking to people across the table. There was all this conversation going on. And this question popped into my mind. Now, I'm the consultant there. These are my clients. The question has nothing to do with the topic of conversation. And I'm thinking, why have I got this question? So I wrote it down on my notepad. Mm. I'm a classic scribbler in a meeting. Mm. So I scribbled it down. And the client project manager who was sitting next to me leant over and went, what? Because he read what I'd written down. Mm. And he looked at me and I went, shrugged my shoulders and went, I have no idea. Mm. It just came up and he went, I think you've just got the question we haven't asked. Mm. 
So he stopped the noise and he stopped the meeting and he said, Barbara wants to ask you a question. It's like, thanks. Mm. Why me? <laughs> so I, I literally read what I'd written down. Mm. And two or three of the, the guys, the, the um, software consultants, the, the analysts who were around the table, looked and said, you've just given us the answer. I hadn't. I'd asked them a question. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes we have those questions and, and actually asking it or saying something in a meeting or saying something in a conversation is the most difficult thing you could ever do. Yeah. And in your meeting with me, find out what was the reason you couldn't raise that question. Mm. And also ask yourself, and I know we've said this before, ask yourself what would have happened to that conversation or to that meeting if you had asked that question. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're all... Well, a lot of us, um, I say all, you know, from my experience working with clients with issues, and it, it, it always amazes me once you peel back the layers of the onion, that the, the real issue tends to be around self-esteem, fear of what somebody thinks of you, yep. fear of conflict, fear of saying what you really want to say because then nobody will like you, um, which isn't true um, because obviously quite often you get more respect when you say what is really going on. Yeah. Um, but it is something that the majority of people struggle with. And I think it would be very easy for us just to have a show about great meeting, uh, great um, meetings with ourselves, uh, great yeah. relationships. But for the truth of a lot of people, that's not the case. They have yeah. toxic relationships, whether it's with their parents, um, with it, with their partners, even with their children, um, and with, with, their with colleagues, bosses, with their colleagues, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we need to talk about how do people get over the fears that they have of, you know, what if somebody d doesn't like me? Um, mm. I'm not going to say this in case I upset somebody, um, because I think that is how we're going to help people get past that so the first thing is have these meetings with yourself and become self-aware yeah uh, and recognize what you're holding on to because you can bet your bottom dollar the other person isn't holding on to it they're holding on to something completely different and they're certainly not worrying about what you're thinking of them um because they're too busy worrying about themselves absolutely so, you know, we have the set. There's a statistic, isn't there, Barbara? Something like we have uh, a 68,000 negative thoughts a day, and 90% of them we had yesterday and the day before. Well, and I think, I think stories it's, we repeat. Yeah, I think it's something like we have 68,000 thoughts a day, 90% yeah. of which we've had previously. Yeah. Um, of which something like 75% are negative. Yeah, because, because we live, uh, and this is one thing actually we, we should be very aware of, we live in a negative world. Mm. I mean, there's a load of fantastic quotes coming up on Facebook at the moment, and I don't know whether it's because I'm feeling more positive, I'm now attracting the positive to me. Mm. But they're lovely quotes about, you know, if, all, if we all loved our lives and our, you know, people around us, Mm. That love would spread out and we'd stop yeah. having wars and we'd stop having hate and we'd stop yeah. having all these problems. Yeah. Um, but of course it has to ripple out. Yeah. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And you know, 
the thing is, it starts with me. If I don't love me, yeah. how can I love people around me? How can I love, and I'm not talking about just the, 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 the husband and wife type love. I'm talking about a generic love here. Mm. You know, how can I love the people around me? How can I love the environment I'm in? How can I love my relationships? Mm. Um, you know, you being a, um, a foodie, Dawn, as you are, and, mm. a, and a health coach, specifically um, on, on the nutrition side, you yeah. know, how, do I, how can I have a loving relationship with food? Yes. How can I see it in a positive manner rather than in a, um, a necessity or a negative manner? How do I see yeah. it as positive? And, mm. and I think, you know, we, ha we have to start with ourselves. If we can't start with ourselves, mm. how can we build relationships with people around us? Mm. We can't really. No. And that's why I say it's all about training. Uh, when we train ourselves and understand ourselves, then we can train others. Yeah. And then what we will mirror back is people that we want to be around. Um, and uh, an example, just thinking about the food and relationships, is when I am coaching um, clients who want to improve their health, and specifically in the area of weight, which, as we know, around uh, most of the Western world is a major issue uh, with obesity and diabetes and weight-related issues, is that they get such a shock when they start to lose weight that they do lose some friends and support a family. Because if they themselves are overweight, um, then they're not going to like the fact that you are holding up a mirror to them of having healthier eating habits and lifestyles and becoming a happier person. We tend to want people to stay the same. Yeah. So even making some positive changes, um, you're going to find that the relationships around you, the dynamics will change. And that's quite a, an eye-opener for a lot of clients. You know, husbands don't expect that they will start to feel jealous and anxious because their wife has lost weight and vice versa. Mm -hmm. uh, they might want them to lose weight and look, you know, uh, super sexy, but they suddenly have other issues like other people finding them super sexy uh, that they can't deal with. So we'll start to sabotage your um, relationship with food and your relate because they want it to be back to the way that it was, which is what they used to. It's a really, really emotive subject. It is. And, and you know, it brings to mind an article in the February um, Insight magazine that yeah. the IICNM produce. And there's a lovely article in there about just that. Mm. You know, I mean, it's not specifically uh, anything we're talking about, but actually it's interesting it came to mind because it's about the relationship somebody had with herself yeah. on a honeymoon with, that, with her new husband. Uh-huh. And when he started to, I'm using this word loosely, ogle up some of the talent yeah. Yeah. Um, in and around the environment, uh -huh. um, she, she describes it as a green-eyed, you know, the green-eyed monster. And yeah. suddenly she's got this negative in her. Uh -huh. Well, she got her revenge and, and they laughed about it and, you know, they worked it all out between them, which is fine. But it is because... If she hadn't realized what was going on with her, that whole holiday period, that whole very special holiday that you have in your honeymoon could have been a disaster. <laughs> You're not kidding. I mean, imagine she uh, 
let that green-eyed monster fester for the rest of, they would be divorced within seven years yeah and I mean, they're not hopefully hopefully they will i don't know how long ago that was but uh, you know if you if you don't deal with that internally yeah you're not going to be able to ex uh, to uh, deal with it externally um, and then have couples me time because whilst we recommend having the me time we also recommend having couples um, time yeah. so that can, can do um, that same sort of exercise make sure each other is appreciated and loved and talk about the things that hurt you um, that week and of course the key thing is not to say you did such and such and that annoyed me uh, because that person didn't annoy you. It was how you responded to what they did. Yeah, it's that, it's that one Wayne Dryer. Exactly. That, that you don't want to be criticizing the person yeah. you want to say to them when you did such and such, I felt annoyed so that the person doesn't feel um, that they're being blamed immediately but god that would have been a disaster for the rest of their relationship <laughs> well it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a relationship would it no, no i mean I, I they've been married a lot longer than seven years but mm -hmm. but it was it was interesting because you know it is it's about recognizing what's happening with you yeah it, and what pushes your buttons exactly and what pushes your buttons and things like that mm. um and it, it was it, it it just came to mind but of course it's yeah. truly about what we're talking about because it is about the relationship with you mm. and mm. you know she recognized that that this button had been pressed and she was having this real negative relationship with herself mm. and, and projecting it onto her new husband yeah um, because she wasn't impressed with him yeah and um if i remember the article correctly he gave her the opportunity to order their meal one night mm. and she got her in inverted commas revenge and when he realized what she'd ordered yeah. um, and realized why she'd done it, you know, the whole thing just became a joke. Right. Um, and he laughed with it and, and yeah. picked it all up. But, um, but it is, it's all, about, it's all about starting that relationship with her. Yeah. Because if she had, as you say, if she hung on to that negative, yeah. got back on the plane, got home, I mean, I'm not even sure they'd have got home. Yeah, because he could just easily have turned around and said, well, the problem's yours, not mine. Yeah. You know, it, it's how, how you've dealt with it. Or yeah. it, even, oh, he might have said, it's got nothing to do with me. I was not ogling anybody. It's yeah. your perception yeah. um, of that. Yeah. Sorry, I can hear the phone going. We're just going to have to ignore it. That's okay. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. You know, the, other, the other thing that I think we should also... Um, <laughs> yes. you nightmare of your assistant not being there to answer the phone when you're doing a radio show <laughs> exactly oh there we go okay. <laughs> now you don't have a negative relationship with him because of that phone <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's right okay um the other thing, well, it's interesting that it rang. So who are you attracting to yourself right now? Yeah, it, it's a caller. I should have picked them up. <laughs> it's a caller wanting to say, I have a relationship problem with my partner. <laughs> you should have done it. It would have been quite interesting. Um, which actually does remind me that we do take questions and we do take people coming onto this show. So please don't hesitate to call us in, in any manner, shape or form. Um, yeah, because we won't pick up, so it doesn't matter how many of you call us. 
<laughs> in all seriousness, we take questions by email. Absolutely. Um, we do it over the phone. So, um, but let's let's move on to toxicity because can I know, sorry can I just bring yeah. up another thing that I think um, that that I just want to bring into this this me meeting and then I think yeah. Greg, let's go on to that. But one of the things that um, I'd like people to start picking up and recognizing, Dawn, and I mean, you and I probably don't feel it at the same level as somebody sitting in the middle of, for example, London or New York or somewhere like that. Yeah. But when you're having this meeting with me, one of the things to actually identify and to be very clear and identify is the main stressors currently in your life. Yeah. Because often, if we are stressed, we'll react in a certain way. If we're not stressed, we won't react that way. Yeah. And if we're being stressed, and I know that, um, you know, for example, in December, I was being very stressed by somebody saying, you can't do that for this reason, and I want to do that, and, blah, blah, blah. and there's so much going on that I actually went, fine, walk away. Yeah. Um, because I recognized that, that this stress was, was impacting everything I was trying to do. Yes. So it's really important that where stresses are there, you are the only person who can stop that stress. Yes. Yeah. You can't say, I can't turn around and say, Dawn, you're stressing me out. Yeah. Because, Dawn, you can't do anything. Yes. It's yeah. my stress. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And that's exactly why one thing happens one day and we're fine with it and the same thing happens the next day and we blow our top. Exactly. That proves it's all to do with us and how we're feeling internally and how we respond to the situation because we know if it had happened on any other day, and people say this, if it had happened on any other day, I wouldn't have reacted like that and I'm sorry. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, I think that's something we need to recognise because... The way that we all live life today, and I'm just saying all as in very generic. Yeah. But we all are driven by an expectation. Mm. And the expectation is not our own. Mm. The expectation is that when we go out, we're closed. When we go shopping, we've got money to spend. You know, they, these are expectations. And each one of those brings a, um, a, a stress. Yeah. Or more stresses or you know you're working with somebody and they don't do something you want them to do within the time frame you want it mm. you stress you yeah. allow yourself to get stressed yeah uh, you know at the end of the day if you don't recognize what that stress is and where it's coming from mm. you're right today you'll be fine when you have that meeting and tomorrow you'll blow mm -hmm. So, you know, so I think when, when you're having this meeting with me, one of the key things is to identify those stresses because if you are feeling stressed, you will be reacting in a way that maybe isn't you and maybe isn't natural. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it's worth saying that all of this awareness doesn't happen overnight. You know, we're not going to change 30, 40, 50 years of behavior just because we start suddenly journaling and having a me time and asking us, it's a process. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like, um, I, I'm a Vipassana, um, uh, meditator and we were taught that, um, the, the difference is if today we reacted to something and blew our top, but we start meditating or we use the me time and the journaling and whatever other tools we've got to raise awareness, 
eventually we will get to a point of not blowing our top and recognizing the situation but in between all it means is that the next time it happens we don't blow our top quite as aggressively and then the next time we don't blow our top quite as rudely yeah. and then the next time we you know are perhaps being very um, petulant but we don't embarrass ourselves and the next time we manage to bite our lip and think about it afterwards so the whole point is instead of agonizing over something we wish we hadn't said having to apologize ultimately we get to a position where we recognize those feelings that are happening and we can stop them in the bud even if it means we put our hand up and say I'm not having this conversation I've got to walk away I've got to sort this out yeah. so that you don't put yourself in a situation where yeah. you're sorry you're embarrassed uh, you've offended because once the words are out there you can't take them back no sorry doesn't take it back um, so you've got to train yourself not to react habitually just because you've always, you know, blown a volcano to, to such and such. Mm -hmm. So the training yourself is important. And when you train yourself not to be in a position where you've offended somebody because you're stressed, they're going to react differently to you as well. So you don't have that volatile negativity and energy uh, at that meeting or future meetings. Exactly. Exactly, and it, it, it's 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 a journey, isn't it? It's a lifetime process. Once it's, you it is aware of it, you keep on it all the time. It is a lifetime journey, and I think that's actually quite key that it's a lifetime journey, mm. because you know, and I I talk about this a lot, you know, and I've created a, what I call a wheel of phases, mm. and you know, when you're a toddler, you're in a phase of your life. Um, before you go to school, you're in a phase of your life. At primary school, you're in a phase of your life. At high school, you're in a phase of your life. And each one of these phases gives us um, different learnings. And just because you become an adult, in inverted commas, you know, when you're 18 or 21, depends on what family you grow up with and, and, and the culture around you, uh, or 25, because some countries are, are a little bit more, um, you need to be a little older to be, uh, treated as an adult or, or classed as an adult um you know when you get into your 20s and your 30s you're still learning mm. when you're in i mean my dad for me as a classic you know at 80 he got his bowling ref exams and, and he became a, an official bowling ref mm. he's still learning yeah and it's a different type of people he's 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 meeting and working with and dealing with you're still learning yeah so it, it, it for me it's actually a lifelong learning journey Mm, yeah um and especially if you're like me and you go through different careers mm -hmm. because you meet different types of people in different yeah. careers yeah or, or um in my corporate life because of the way i was working with different clients at all the times so i'm meeting different people anyway mm -hmm. yeah so i think i think you're right and uh pima children i never know if i say her name correctly <laughs> um do you know who i mean Yes. Yeah, the, the Buddhist nun. Um, she gave a, a, a lovely lesson on relationships. And what I remember her saying was, um, it was called Don't Bite the Hook, which is very apt, I think, for what we're talking about. Is Imagine you're in a, a loving relationship. Well, you'd want most of your relationships to be loving. You know, um, I tend to think that I do love most of the people in my life. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. 
whether they're romantic, family, friends, whatever. I do yes. love the people in my life. And she says, you, you know, take a, a boy and a girl, uh, t a sort of a typical relationship, or, or two boys and two girls, whatever. Um, but that you, you love somebody and you want this person to be the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And you have six wonderful months. And then you have the most blazing row. You have just destroyed a lot of the trust uh, that you built in that loving relationship because that's one of the key values of most relationships is going to be trust. This person doesn't know, the other person doesn't know when you're going to explode uh, and be aggressive next time. So you start again. And then you have another six months of bliss. And then there's a, another almighty route and you're back to, back to square one. You've got to learn from these situations so that you don't keep putting yourself in that situation where eventually you erode the trust that you erode the relationship. Um, and I don't think people realize how toxic a relationship is and how just saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Um, it's just not enough. I know it's a very hard word to say for a lot of us, but it really isn't enough because even though the other person forgives, it's never forgotten, is it? Well, well, it isn't. I mean, sorry is, is um, a classic. We should never have to say it. Mm. But if we have to I think say it, probably don't say it enough, to be honest, Barbara. Well, I was going to say, if we have to say it, we should be saying it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've got... Um, a number of people who said it to me in my life who've surprised me because I never thought they had it in them, but they have come back and said, sorry, yeah. shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Um, equally so I do it because at the end of the day, if you feel that you've done or said something wrong, you, you have to be strong within yourself, your relationship yeah. with yourself that says, I can say this. Yeah. You know, the other word that I want to bring up, Dawn, just as we're coming to, to the end of this, yeah. is the relationship with the word no. Mm. We don't say no enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've talked about this before. I'm a classic. You know, somebody comes to me with a new business idea and it's fantastic and I'd love to do it and I'd love to say yes. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, somebody comes to you and they want to be your friend. Mm -hmm. From their perspective, does it have to also be from your perspective? Yeah. Um, you know, do you always have to say yes? No, you don't. Mm. So, again, it's a strength within you. Yeah. And I know there's a load of articles on the internet and I know there's some webinars being done on it. Learning how to say no. Yeah, honouring those boundaries. Exactly. And, and whose boundaries are they? Yeah. You know, they're your boundaries. Yeah. And if you can't honour your own boundaries and say, no, I don't want to get involved. No, I don't want to do this. No, I can't take this on. No, it doesn't fit in my business plan. No, whatever. I mean, and also I, no without any reason. You can just say exactly. no because you bloody well don't feel like doing it. You well, exactly. Explain or justify yourself. And you know, my mother said that to me on one occasion. She said, why can't you just say no? Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, why am I explaining myself? Because I have a fear of me, a fear of, of them rejecting me, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But I think, you know, it, it, it's something else that we have to be aware of because yeah. if, and again, you know, maybe a good question asking your meeting with me. Yeah. Um, what did I say yes to that I should have said no to? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then having the courage to go back and say, on reflection, I've changed my mind. I shouldn't have said yes. I really say no. So having that meeting is valuable from that point of view as well, because it gets you back in touch with your authentic self. And hopefully you can rationalize why you said yes when you really meant no. And, you know, these dinner parties and things like that are a classic example. Are you coming to such and such? Yes, we feel put on the spot. We say yes. And really, we didn't want to go. Yeah. It gives you time. It's a bit like buying a house. Uh, you know, you've got that 14-day uh, clause to change your mind. Yeah. Have you, having your weekly meeting gives you seven days to get out of whatever you've got yourself into that week, maybe. What do you think? Well, I, I, I think so. And I think, you know... I know that I'm a, I'm a classic when I want to say, you know, somebody says, do you want to come to this dinner party? Yeah. My get out of jail excuse, huh. which often isn't accurate, but I do say it is, can I check my diary? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you don't want to say, no, I don't want to come to dinner. Yeah. But you don't want to hurt their feelings because you know what? That's within you. That's part yeah. of who you are. Yeah. And no, can I check my diary and you know what, I'll drop you an email or I'll give you a call or something like that. Often helps you learn how to say no. So I know now when I say to you, oh, can I come over for the weekend? You say, let me check my diary. <laughs> I know it's so cool. No, I don't want you to visit. <laughs> <laughs> no, with you, Dawn, darling, it would just be the fact that I need to check that I haven't got anything else booked in that weekend. Yeah. Um, but... But, I mean, come up with, you know, a class. I mean, I know a coach who, if they don't want to take on a client, will say, well, my waiting list is six months. Yeah. I'm happy to add you to the end of my waiting list. Or I'd actually rather recommend you yeah. uh, somebody else to work with if you want to do this now. And those are people who have already become self-aware and have some strategies in place. So yeah. the weekly meeting of the people who haven't yet got to that position where they are authentic and brave enough to say what's on their mind because they are fearful about not being liked, not being accepted or being judged and so on. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So looking forward to hearing more about the meetings with me. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and sadly, we're coming to the end of this show. It sounds as though we've got so much more to still talk about. I know, I know. I think it is still worth just adding in a bit about um, toxicity because yeah. we like to think about um, the people in our lives that we're not getting on with or that we don't like or, or press our buttons. But it's not always the fact that, uh, I mean, we, we can be toxic as well. We can react in a toxic manner to certain things. But there are um, characteristics of toxic types. So even in your weekly meetings, if you think about um, the people that you've come up against, for want of a better phrase, you know, that either put you down or judged you, or just, you know, even friends that talk over you uh, and they're chatterboxes, um, and they don't listen to you. It's all about them or their gossipy yep. or their doom and gloom and bring you down. They're sort of, what do we call them, energy vampires and things like that. It's worth looking into um, these types of people and, you know, what are they still doing in your life? Because you can move on and leave them behind if it's toxic, whether it's your parents, uh, whether it's your partner. You don't have to put up with it. And I... 
I do remember Louise Hayes uh, saying to um, when I did her course, one of the the students said, but you know, I, I, my, my mother just presses my button. You know, we have such a poor relationship. And she said, train your mother. She said, start by phoning her and having a nice chat. And then if she's good and doesn't upset you, um, say, I'm going to pop round for two minutes. And then the mother will say, why have you only got two minutes? You know, you, surely you can stay for the weekend or whatever. No, I, I, I'm, it's a flying visit. I can only do two minutes. Then if the two minutes goes well, next time have 10 minutes. And so... You're training them. It's a yeah. bit like, you know, we've both been through it, Barbara, training puppies, training partners. <laughs> if things happen well, they get more of it. So if that two minutes, that ten minutes, that half an hour goes well, they get more time with you. But the minute they become toxic, you step back and go back to ten minutes or two minutes. So we have got strategies that we can do to work with other people so that it doesn't impact negatively on the relationship we have with ourselves but you know it's also on the to toxic people side it's also worth recognizing why they're in your life and yeah. if there's no valuable reason that they're in your life declutter yeah. them yeah and you can always declutter them very nicely and we'll talk about more of that when we talk about decluttering yeah. but you know i work with a few people that have phenomenal skills and if it wasn't for those phenomenal skills, they would not be in my life. <laughs> I'm very worried now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, when you don't come into that. Oh, good. Um, but but do you know what I'm talking about? You yeah. know, when you're working in the corporate world, you yeah. can't always work. I mean, I worked in a company that was several thousand people strong. Yeah. I can't select every one of those people to work okay. with me. I can't select the teams that I'm working with. They've been allocated to me. Yes, yeah. But if you can see why they're there, yeah. even if they have that toxic relationship with you, yeah. recognize the good in them. Recognize the, value, the reason yeah. that they're there. And yeah, recognize the value that they're there. And just accept that they're, they're there in your life at that moment in time for a reason. Like the Buddhists say, nothing is permanent. That exactly. Nobody's asking you to move in with this person. Just accept and don't judge them accept the good that they can offer to that project or whatever the, the connection is and then move on. And on that note, yeah, I feel that we're going to be cut off if we carry on. Okay. But as I say, there is so much we can obviously talk about in a relationship um, with ourselves. Yeah. Um, and we do. We're both passionate about it and we both feel very important about it. Well, we are talking about relationships again later in the year. So that's when we can answer specific questions if something has triggered a... Uh, a hot exactly. button for somebody so absolutely um, send your relationships on uh, questions on relationships because we will answer them next time so on the 26th of march to yeah. move on just to just it to we're actually going to be um talking about spiritually getting fit and obviously yeah. connection into the equinox yeah so we look forward to talking to you at that point mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much for listening today and as dawn and i both said during the call if you've got any questions, please email us. Yes. And as we finish uh, relationships and the relationship with you, uh, now is the perfect time to plug the latest Dialer Guru book, Awaken Your True Potential. It fits in perfectly with your weekly me meetings. It's about self-awareness. And you can find out more about that on our sites. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. And goodbye, Dawn, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Cheerio.